Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Hi, everybody. It's Tim Hagen from Coaching Conversations Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Sabina Sulat. I did not screw up the last name because I've been practicing for an hour. Hi, Sabina. How are you? Hi, Tim. I'm great. And you got it right. You get a dollar. <laughs> so tell our audience a little bit about how we met and uh, our, our shared passion for a certain talent development group. Uh, sure. That leaves the door wide open with so many things. But we've actually met through the talent development think tank run by one of our favorite people, Andy Storch. And mm-hmm. you and I have been on several calls together. And part of the great part of the group is that people talk outside of our sessions and build friendships, relationships, and you've reached out to me with support and advice, and hopefully I've been able to reciprocate. Yeah. Well, you and you wrote a book that I think is one of the most ingenious titles, especially during this time. Tell our audience the title and, and kind of the background for the book. Sure. So the title is Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work. Uh, I wish I could tell you that I was super clever in picking the title. Uh, I think it's harder to name a book than a person because at least the person can change their name or go by a nickname, (laughs) but a book is forever. (laughs) And uh, the book came out of my own experience of being out of work. And no one teaches you how to do this. We teach people how to work. We don't teach them how to be out of work or unemployed without a job. And there's so much that goes with it. It's this highly layered bundled thing. And you can find resources on how to file for unemployment, uh, how to get food assistance, things like that. But there's nothing that's cohesive, everything in one spot. When I was out of work, it was the first time in my entire life I've been out of work. And it was just this culture shock of what do I do now? And I think I went through like the gamut of human emotion and I made a lot of mistakes, which is hard when you're used to being competent at work. And it's kind of good to know I'm really bad at being out of work. So that's a, that's a plus for me. But the idea being um, every time something happened, I would say someone ought to write this down. And I got a job about a year later. So the thought of writing everything down went the wayside. And then I'll circle back to Andy. Uh, He connected with me on LinkedIn. That's how I met him. And he had a podcast about the book he was writing. And his book coach was on there. And I reached out to him telling him, you inspired me. I started writing this book. And he was there with support. And a little over a year and a yeah, about a year later, I have a book. Awesome. So when you... In one of our talent development think tank sessions, I remember you used a phrase, and I'll paraphrase, but I'm pretty sure I have this correctly, how to successfully be unemployed. And remember, I kept chatting with you in the session, and I just love that because there is some shame to it. People are embarrassed. I'm out of work. It's a devastation. There's emotion. 
And, and so what are some of the things that you've learned and that you can share with our audience that they can do to be successfully unemployed? Yeah, it, it does sound like an oxymoron, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, and the idea being, we look at this unemployment period as this thing to get quickly out of, and I'm not disputing that at all. I mean, the, the object is, of course, to get reemployed. Mm-hmm. What people don't seem to really understand and reflect upon is when you lose your job, even if you've decided to leave, you've decided to leave for a reason. Uh, You've gone through some kind of trauma, some kind of hardship, some kind of crisis of faith. And when you jump back into another job, you haven't resolved that issue. Mm. My whole work and what I hope the book establishes is use that time period to be whole again. I refer to it as building resilience, confidence, and strength. So I work with people not to find another job. That's not what I do, but it is to help you get whole again, or even if you're lucky, a little stronger than when you started. Um, Being out of work, not only does it impact you financially, but, and career-wise, but there are all these emotional, psychological impacts. And you mentioned shame earlier. Shame by its definition is feeling bad about your own bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we feel shame when we're out of work because right. nine times out of 10, it's a business decision. We have done nothing wrong, but we feel like we have. And so it's this thing of, oh, I don't want to talk about it, or I'm going to hide it from people. You feel like you have to, there's a, a term called covering uh, and people feel like they have to pretend everything is all right. If not out and out lie about being out of work. I was there. I did it. And you get nothing out of it. I think we need to normalize the conversation of being out of work. Mm. And that's part of my mission. So what are some of the things that you would encourage someone to do when they're out of work? What are some, because you mentioned the word resilience, especially with everything going on in the world. What are some tips or strategies people can deploy to, to build that resilience? So there's this funny thing about being out of work that the one thing you have that people who work don't have is time Mm -hmm. and use it wisely. Do not squander your time. I think one of the best things you can do is reflect. Think about, is this the career path I want? If not, what is the career path for me? Or what's the industry for me? Uh, I tell a story. There's a client of mine who is an accountant and he left he lost his job at a government agency that will remain nameless, but it has three letters to it. And he reflected, of, he didn't think he wanted to be an accountant anymore. When we talked, he said, yeah, he really enjoyed volunteering and getting involved with the community. And he really was drawn to this nonprofit that he started to volunteer for. Well, they needed an accountant. (laughs) So, but he's so happy now he got that job. And it wasn't what he did, it was where he did it. But it was that reflection that he understood, oh, okay, I have a skill. I can contribute to an organization I love with something I have that no one else there has and not feel uh, like I'm you know, selling my soul to the devil. And it's that reflection. It's that realizing for him, he left an unhappy situation 
found himself, so to speak, and now he's happier. So it's using that time uh, to build a skill set, discover who you are. Uh, How about this? Self-care. We do not take care of ourselves. We spend more time at work than doing anything else. And I think you need to heal while you're unemployed. And we're in survival mode where we're trying to, you know, I get paying bills and everything else, but you can also look for a job and do self-care, do reflection, do personal professional development. Don't waste this time period. Uh, That way you will go back to work stronger than ever. Do you find that people, because of the employment and everything going on, do you find that people don't give themselves permission to take the time while they are employed? They're almost at the mercy of the job. And I know I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but it's a, it's an interesting thought. No, I, I completely agree with you. I am an example of that. So after a year of being out of work, I got a great job with a global organization and I had done all of this. I had this routine I write about that of self-care. I, I read for pleasure. I journaled. I you know ate proper meals. It was great. Then I went back to work, and that went the wayside within two weeks. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I had these grandiose ideas. Oh, I'll drive into work early and I'll meditate in one of the conference rooms before I go to work. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have this thing of we're almost not allowed to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's, it is the oxygen mask. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. And even when you're out of work, you feel guilty doing anything nice for yourself. Because again, I'm ashamed. I'm a loser. Um, and then I've been voted off the island. And the idea being, you have to take care of yourself all the time. That's what makes us resilient. Yeah. Is when you are at your best, you're healthy, you're happy. Uh, you're well-balanced, that prevents trauma from really leaving its scars on you. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, I teach coaching in the corporate world. And one of the things that we do at our company is everybody has to take breaks. We put out funny videos. We put stuff. We run our company through our Slack channel. Everybody has to watch this video. We make mandatory walk breaks. And I used to never do this. So the pandemic has actually taught some really good things. With that being said, what are some of the mistakes people make when they're unemployed? Oh, so many mistakes. Um, I could I could write a book and I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's part of it is fear. I think giving into the fear, there's you're afraid of what this is going to look like on your career record, your permanent record. Uh, one of the most popular questions I get from clients is, well, how do I explain this gap? Mm-hmm. It's like you tell them what happened. Um, other things uh, like fear of money. And and that's a true valid fear, but things I've known clients, people who've gone further down the hole because they've kind of been, they ignore money. They ignore the fact that they have to cut back. Uh, They want to keep up with their old life. I was definitely in that category. The other thing is they're afraid to ask for things. And by that, I mean things like calling up your mortgage company and saying, this is my situation. Yeah. And they will work with you. Your mortgage company does not want to own your home. Right. They want your interest money. They don't want your house. Same with, uh, you know, credit card companies. Yeah. I had an issue where I thought, well, my car payment's getting to be a little, you know, that might, that can't be the thing to go. I need my car because I'm looking for work. 
but it's a lot of money every month. I called my car, um, my, uh, the bank that had the loan on my car. They were more than willing to work with me. Yeah. They were like, yeah, thanks for calling us. And that was a hard phone call to make. Yeah. Uh, because I grew up in one of those families where probably one of the biggest sins is that you can no longer sustain yourself. Right. You're not supposed to ask for help. Guess what? You are supposed to ask for help. Do it. Uh, no one wants to see you fail. Well, and it's amazing during this time, and it's probably how you and I got to know each other, is how helpful people can be. That it, It's almost been surprising the last two years. When someone's down and out, boy, it's amazing how many people jump in. And that's a lot of the basis of what you're talking about. Absolutely. And it's it's strangers. It's, um, you know, friends. I tell the story of there was a, a friend who I had lost touch with. Um, we would like see each other every couple of years at an event or something like that. I had told her that I was out of work. And the next day, a very nice check came in the mail from her saying, mm. you know, I believe you. I want to help you out. I've been there. And it was just one of the most beautiful gestures uh, because you just you don't know who supports you until you ask. Yeah. And it always comes from this surprising place in surprising right. ways. But it's one of the beauties of being part of, you know, human uh, that happens. So. I think we often think when we're out of work, people don't want to be around us because we're a downer yeah. or they're afraid they're going to catch unemployment from us. And I went through that. <laughs> uh, people don't know how to talk to you, things like that. So I think it's really important while you're out of work to cultivate that network yeah, and have different people to go to for different things like yeah. career advice or empathy or, you know, coffee, a yeah. walk. All of those things. So when somebody has a friend, if you were to advise our audience and somebody has a friend who loses their job, what's the first bit of advice you would give that person to help the person who's lost his or her job? I'm so glad you asked. I actually have a whole chapter in the book dedicated to this okay. because it's a, it's a great question because that's the other reason why people ignore people out of work or avoid them. They don't know what to do. Right. And here's the thing. You don't have to do anything. You'd be the same friend that you've always been. Uh, check in on somebody. Offer to take them to a movie. Invite them over for dinner, a walk. There's so many things. And the other thing is, if you don't have the bandwidth, maybe there's a lot going on in your life. Be very honest about that. Like, you know, I love you. I care about you. Unfortunately, there's a lot going on with the kids right now. I'm not sure I can really be there for you the way I would want to. Sure. Is there one tiny little thing I can do for you? And you, you'll be surprised. It's just even that offer. That's a yeah. big deal. Awesome. So tell us about where our audience can get the book. Uh, where everything in the world is sold on Amazon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say this. It is a kick to see myself as an Amazon search. Okay. I really do like that. But you can find it on Amazon. It's in every format available. It's also on any Barnes and Noble, um, Book Hub, you name it, it's there. Awesome. So how do people get a hold of you? You can get hold of me on LinkedIn. Okay. You can get hold of me on my website, reworkingworks.com. I'm sure Tim will have some information as to how to get in touch with me. I will. And uh yeah, just reach out. I love talking to people about how to build resiliency during 
any period, let alone when you're out of work. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.